Welcome to this week's MTD podcast. Today we will be discussing workholding solutions that can make you more profitable. I'm Giovanni Albanese hosting today's show, a passionate engineer with over 25 years experience and now a proud member of the MTD team. I'm joined today by Mike Harris from Bison UK. Mike was born in South London to Irish immigrant parents from Cork. His mother was a nurse and his father was in media. Age 16 in 1976, he joined Sermet in Epsom as a trainee metal fabricator and did a day release studying mechanical engineering. In 1986, Mike joined Rome GB, progressing up to sales, UK sales manager for their precision workholding range. And in 2012, Mike helped set up Bison UK with Sean Cundy. Mike, this is not your life. It's the MTD podcast, but welcome. Thank you very much. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you, Mike? I'm okay. okay. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, how's the year been for you first? Uh, very strange uh, with this uh, COVID. Sometimes you work, sometimes you don't. The year started off really well. We were getting all our targets and all of a sudden, bang, and it's a different world. But throughout that, Bison has not done badly. We've uh, Some of our customers have been very loyal. Um, we've worked together with them. We've got good stock. Our prices are competitive. And uh, we've not done too badly through all this. I'm looking forward to next year, though, when this is all done and we can really kick on. Yeah, that's really good news. I mean, yes. we've recently done some technical corners on advice and some how-to videos. Um, so you've been very proactive during this period. Yes, we've got some good products out there. Um, I think we did something on the quick change power chuck. Resulting from that, we sold three, I think, within the next two months. Uh, what was the other things we did as well? Uh, the how-to videos that we've recently yes. did that you'll be able to find on the MTD platform. Yes, that is very educational. Yes. Where it's something that you sell a lot of chucks, but as well as doing sales, you've got to do support to people. And I think that's a good thing we've started up here. And some of it's basics. But what you're finding is that you go to see companies and the guys that have been there many years, it comes second nature to them. But then the guys that are coming through, the youngsters, do they pick up on this sort of stuff? You know, yeah. and it, it gives you extra longevity on the work, you know, that you're using. Yeah. Now, Mike, let's start there then. Um, I mean, I, I, I've given you quite, I've, I've summarised your background. Um, so let, let's Thanks. start on these, these how-to videos. You know, you, you've been a, a, an apprentice yourself. Um, so these how-to videos that lend themselves perfectly for colleges, universities, or for apprentices, like you mentioned, starting at a company. Um, tell us about them. What, the first company I was at? No, the first video. Oh, the, the, first the videos. Video. The how-to videos, videos. I'm glad we're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> um, health and safety, no. The first video, which I think we've done, that was on the maintenance on the chuck, isn't it, really? Was that the first one? That was the one, Mike. Yes. Well, that's a simple thing because taking a chuck apart, it, but you have to do it in the correct order. Um, you have to clean the parts. And what you find is that once you've done that, re-greased it, making sure the maintenance is correct, put it all together in the right way, you've nearly got a brand new chuck back again. You know, instead of some people go, we better get a new chuck, which can cost several hundred pounds, just by looking after that piece of kit you've bought, you can get years and years of life out of it. So you're re-greasing the chuck, and what benefits does that have, Mike? Well, the first thing you'll find is the, the gripping power on the jaws. You know, because before, it's all, with a manual chuck, it's hand. You know, it, you basically, you grip it using your strength. But if it's dragging, if it's pulling, if it's not re-greased, you're losing gripping power. 
And that's the first thing that happens. And that chap will last you many years if you look after it. So effectively, you're getting better longevity mm. and better clamping force. Better clamping you know? force. And better accuracy, I would yes, assume. Because the masturbate jaws, you know, they're not rubbing against the body of the of the chuck or the scroll well, jaws. Sorry. Well, once you've done that, then you go on to the second video we did, which was about when you get a new set of jaws and you put it on a chuck, you don't just go, right, we'll start clamping and off we go. Just give it a bit more time. Just give it slightly grind the jaws, flash grind the jaws, just nick on the inside and then on the front face of those jaws. So when you want to put a component up against the steps, then you're ready to go. You don't just put a set of jaws in and go, away we go. And I think the, these videos are brilliant. I absolutely love them and I strongly recommend anyone listening to this podcast to visit the MTD website and um, go to suppliers and find bison uk and look look at these videos and, and and maybe if you're the owner of an engineering company you know forward them on to your apprentices they're they're well worth watching um, we've also got them on um, measuring the chuck and, and, and mounting the chuck mounting to the spindle the chuck, nose when you first get a chuck and if you get it with the most popular one is to buy a standard recessed chuck bolt from front and then you put with an adapter plate now, first of all, you put the adapter plate on the spindle nose of the machine. You have to make sure you tighten it up in the correct way. You true it up. You make sure it's all correct. Once that's done, then you introduce the chuck to put on the plate, bolt through. Once you've tightened that up, then you check that the chuck as well to make sure everything is running correctly. Then, in the last video we showed, you then, in some cases, have to just quickly grind the jaws to put it on. Yeah, so, and, and mate, it's, it's absolutely great, great videos, very educational, and um, definitely get onto the MTD CNC website to watch these videos. Now, Mike, it has been a crazy year, so have, have you brought any new solutions out into the market, any new products, anything new that's happened? Well, this year, as I think we said before, we brought out our 2305 power chuck, which was uh, with quick change jaws. Um, that's been very well received in the market. I think we when I came on and demoed it with yourselves, we sold, was it three, I think, the first uh, couple of months. And then recently, with on a Mills machine, on the Doosan Puma, um, we've uh, sold two to them as well. But so that's because we gave them two chucks to put on the machine, which is a twin spindle, and they said, great. They showed the company, had a demo. Yes, we want it with that straight out. So can you explain, explain the chuck? So the chuck jaws can be removed quickly. So they come out with the master base jaws and they can also be automated, can't they? Yes. To, ch to change setups. Yeah, that's the whole thing because you have the one area where the special hexagonal key goes in, then you turn, that releases, you can pull them out. But once that key is in place, the key won't come out, which is a added safety feature. It lets the operator know that the jaws are in unlocked position. Then you can bring your next set of jaws, fit them in, turn it round, then clamp, turn the key, pull the key out then you know they're in the clamp position. Uh, yeah, it's a very quick way of doing it. I think we, I done one, I demonstrated it, and that took about 10 seconds. And it's brilliant, brilliant product. And and it's quite a new, relatively new area for bison, isn't it? it? Is. I mean, you, you, you're well-renowned for the scroll chucks, but power chucks, maybe not so. Power chucks are standard power chuck. The biggest thing is, is the accuracy of it. We, you know, we, we sell a few, but we're nowhere near the big boys. But piece by piece, we're getting there. And uh, we're competitively priced, of course, and we hold very good stocks and backup support. So you're winning market share, Mike. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're, by no means, when we first started, which was eight years ago, we had to start from scratch. And uh, when I look back now, you kind of like think, wow, we started off with like three basic big customers. Now we've really grown into something now. We have a very loyal customer base. We, we sell through distribution 
and we also sell to uh, OEMs, machine tool builders. We don't deal with end users, uh, which is good because in your distribution, no, you're not going to go in there and go and nick their customers for the use of a better phrase. For our listeners, can you can you explain how your business model works? In what respect? Exactly what you're saying there in regards to the relationship with the OEMs that you're dealing with directly and the relationships that you've got with um, your supply chain. Well, the distribution model we go through, you have your big distributors, your likes of Cutwell, MSC, your Cromwells, um, Troy. They're the the first instance you go to. Um, Especially people like Cutwell are big, big stockists and we have an excellent relationship with them and it's really grown over the years. Um, then you have your independence. We deal with them. And over the last, as I say, the eight years, we've really grown our customer base and they like it that we don't deal with end users. If and, it, if there's an end user comes onto us, we will always help them. We'll give them a list price. We will help them technically and say what we recommend to do the job. But then when it comes to this, they say, oh, how do we buy this? We say, who do you normally deal through? Who's your local supplier? If they give us some names, we will help them. So how do you train your distribution um, in regards to, you know, technical training on your products? Um, I go and visit them. When product training is needed, I will do it. I've spent, I think I did about a few days up at um, one big one recently. Um, I think last year about two or three other companies. You go and visit them or you see their technical staff and you introduce them to the Bison range. No, it's a, it's, it's a good business model, to be yeah. fair, Mike. And, and I've, I've seen your growth. I've actually seen your growth personally over the mm-hmm. last seven to eight years. Definitely definitely making inroads. Perhaps I'm old school, but I think people sell to people. I agree. And I don't want to sound like a cynical 60-year-old, but there's too much nowadays of you can buy it online uh, and you just talk at a call centre and we'll get it out in a box here tomorrow. Perhaps... I'm not saying I long for, but there was the days when there was a rep on the road that went in there to customers. And I think that will still happen. You can't just wipe that out completely because otherwise all you're going to end up with goods being returned by people saying, oh, it doesn't fit. You've seen a lot of change over the years, Mike. Yes, I'm a cynical old one. So so tell us how things have changed and why reps should continue to be reps. And, And I agree with you, you know, people do buy from people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the majority, I think, reps work for some companies. There was those that were just stuck in their ways, and there was too many that I wouldn't say were engineering reps. There was loads of soap on a rope. But I think the trouble with that was you find nowadays so many companies will have five versions of one product. They like to have the cheap version, the next one up for all the way leading up to the most expensive. Now, that is a bit confusing for customers, I think. And also... It, for them to hold stock of it, that means their stocks are huge. I think they should stick with, say, one, perhaps two versions of things, and you'll find a lot of them now are starting to cut back because they can't hold stock of everything. And we've done very well at Bison. We have good relationships with some of these, and we could, we go in their catalogues as well, and it has worked over the years. Yeah, I think as well, Mike, when, when kind of trying to sell a technical product online, it's very difficult no. because you need to look at their application, don't you? Yeah. We had something the other day and they said, oh, we want to buy your 200 millimeter power chuck. And straight away we said, yes, okay, yeah, this is the price. But then we said, your customer, does he know how to fit, take this off and fit the new one? Um, Do you want to speak to them? Yeah, we will. We will talk to them because the last thing we want is that chuck coming back where they say, no, it doesn't fit. Or I go in there and help them do it. (coughs) It's quite an easy way, just five, ten minutes to talk to them. And it's a relationship you have to build up with them. It's the same with the machine tool companies as well. 
You can't just go in there straight away and go, look what I've got. Look, it's cheap, isn't it? No, that won't work. You have to build a relationship up over time of them using your products, like what happened with Mills and the Quick Change Power Chuck. They were very happy with that, the way it worked, and it sold the machine. And I think that, yeah, I, I think that not only build products and uh, build, sorry, relationships, and, and, and the products have also got to be strong, haven't they? You know, and it's it's all about trust as well. Yeah, you'll soon get found out if you're selling cheap old rubbish because they won't come near you after a while. Luckily, fingers crossed, that hasn't happened so far because we don't sell cheap old rubbish. But uh, you have to build their confidence. If you bring out a new product, you've got to say to them, look, here we are, do you want to try it? Put it on a machine for a while. We've bringing out a new range of polygon taper tools, PSC, I think it was called. And we're giving some of that out to some companies. We're saying to them, look, put it on your machine, try it. Let me know how you feel. Now, that's great because if they say, yeah, we really like it, we can then do something like we do with yourselves. We go and visit them and they will say, endorse our product. That's the only way you can get out to people to say, yes, it's good quality is by the actual customer saying, yes, I can say it's really good. The proof is in the pudding, isn't it? It is, but it, you won't get that straight away overnight. You have to build it up with people. And, and tell us about some of your success stories. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> good night. <laughs> My success stories. Well, as I say, it would be with that power chuck um the quick change power chat that we introduced that took a while but yes it took off because people saw yes it, you've got a great product here it's quick it's easy to use i think we had recently as well we had another load of products that went out really quick as well we had um big independent chucks we sold i think last year we sold nine one meter independent chucks to one company in sweden that's it because they'd bought a bison product a few years ago, they loved the quality of it. They came back and they had full confidence in us to provide the solution they want. Now, let's move on then um, with solutions and ultimately the profitability that you get from implementing the right solution. You know, work holding solutions. Give us some examples, Mike. Well, let's go straight away with the quick change door chuck. How quickly that is. On a conventional power chuck, you have to get your Allen key and undo the bolts, take them all off. That could take you, what, 10 minutes? You do that a couple of times a day. You do it a couple of times, how many times over a week after a month? That's just downtime for a machine. If you offer automation to go with that, which some companies are now looking at using the key, instead of using it by hand, they get a robot in to do it. Well, there's, there's your time savings, isn't it, as well? So work holding is key, would you agree? Work holding, oh, it is. But you always get the same old adage come back whereby some customers, they'll spend £100,000 on a machine and then they'll put, they want the cheapest work holding to knife and fork it together. And I think a few years ago that was quite prevalent, but now we seem to be coming back from that now where people are going, no, I want the best for this. And they get a better solution for it. Oh, the, the, the benefits are... Are, are, are endless really you know kind of looking to get the right work holding solution you know you're looking at faster feeds and speeds eliminating mm. vibration better quality of parts reduced setup times like you mentioned and, and 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 you haven't just got products that lend themselves to laves you also got products for milling machines yes uh, as i say we've got the pcs tooling comes in we've got machine vices that go on there we have uh, rotary units that go in there as well which are hand operated we have quite a vast product range from lathe chucks, power chucks, independent chucks, machine vices, rotary units, uh, then all the way down to spindle tooling, simple things like revolving centres, which 
Uh, I'm hoping we've gone to one of the biggest machine tool companies. So I've been working with them now for a few years and we're just about to hopefully get them to give us the go ahead and we will be supplying around 40 a month of a, a five most type of re- bison revolving sensor to go out on every every lathe. Great stuff. Which is huge. It's taken a while and my hair's a different colour now, but uh, <laughs> we're close to getting it and I love that. I think I've been in this um, this trade 30 odd years, but something like that, that really does, that, it gives you a buzz. Doesn't it, oh, really? fantastic. Yeah. yeah, Brilliant stuff, Mike. Really good stuff. And and what, what are the main barriers to entry for you, you know, to, to get the product into end users or OEMs or... What is it? What What is the? We're only eight years old. That's the trouble. When all of a sudden I come along, this Cockney Johnny come lately bearing gifts, and as I go, here comes that Cockney. What does he want? All right, Mike. But after a while, the, that is our trouble. We started eight years ago. You can't just go in because these people have been using other people's goods for years and tools, and they haven't let them down. So you can't just go in and say, "Ours oh, is cheaper." And they'll go, "Well, um, it's not a price issue." It's, is yours as good at, at least, what can you offer more? And you have to start from the, the beginning, and you have to give them tools and say, look, test this out, put it on a machine. It doesn't just like that. They'll go, okay, Mike, we'll have all yours instead. It's education, isn't it, Mike? It is, because also our competitor stuff is very good as well. I'm not knocking theirs, that ours is better than theirs. You know, you can't come in at that angle. There's some quality work holding out there. It's not like years ago when it was cheap old Far East stuff that was coming in that fell apart after a while. Yeah, it's all, There's some good stuff out there now. So we can't just come in there, but we've got a good name. We've got a good name for our support as well, for our stock. And our pricing is competitive, but you have to have the others to back it up as well. Brilliant stuff, Mike. And, and what does the future hold for you, Mike, at Bison? At Bison? Oh, I've got my bus pass this year as well, <laughs> so the future is, is clooping in. Um, I still love my job. Uh, we're hoping to bring out next year, as I say, our polygon taper tooling. We're looking at magnetic chucks as well, hopefully. And we're going to really push on our lathe chucks. And can we re- review these uh, we can products do. on MTD? I, I'll be in here all the time. You know me now. Brilliant. Well, you're becoming a bit of a star, Mike, and it's been an absolute... You like my jokes, don't you? Well, I reckon today you pulled off the best jokes that so was far. A, we'll do it later on, Do you want a quick, quick one before we wrap what, up? The, the joke we a just joke, said? A joke? Well, there's, uh, <laughs> there's an American comes over to Ireland, and he's been over and he says to these Irish guys, he fa- any of you like fancy a game of golf? Because I'm over here for a few days, so I fancy a game of golf. And they said, oh, no, no, no. Um, Michaelin's your man. Michaelin's your man. I'll give you his phone number. I can get away with saying it's my parents from Cork. So, Here's your phone number. Uh, give him a call. So he, the, the American phones Michaelin. He goes, I'll be with you at 9 o'clock tomorrow. I might be half hour late. So anyway, next day comes. Michaelin turns up at 9 o'clock with a set of left-handed golf clubs. And he thrashes the American. And the American says, oh, uh, I want, uh, no, no, no. He says, uh, we need to play tomorrow. I can't have this. I've, I've got to beat you. So uh, McLean goes, that's all right. I'll be with you tomorrow. Uh, I'll be with you at nine o'clock. I might be half hour late. Anyway, next day comes. McLean turns up. This time he's got a set of left-handed golf clubs. And he goes out and he thrashes the American again. And the American's absolutely, oh, hey, hey, tell me, look, look, come on. Tell me, you've turned up on the first day. We're left-handed clubs, then right-handed. Well, how do you base this on? He says, we're well, simple, really. He goes, when I wake up in the morning, if I see my wife lying there, and if she's lying to her left, I take the left-handed clubs. If she's lying to her right, I take the right-handed clubs. 
And the American goes, but what about if she's lying on her back? He goes, well, then I'll be half hour late. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night. My Caris, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thanks for coming on to the MTD CNC podcast. Um, for all our listeners, if you like this podcast, uh, please comment. Um, and um, yeah, tell us what you think about Mike's joke. <laughs> and, and until uh, next week, the MTD podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.